Hi, welcome to Showcasing.eu with Peter Telsch. The interview in today's show is Tommy Hallers from Denmark, CEO of Podio, a new online work platform. Hi, Tommy. Nice to have you here. Hi, Pedro. Nice to be here. Thank you very much for taking part on the show today. The first question that I have is, um, why did you guys decide to create Podio when there were already so many alternatives on the online work platform uh, space? Um, I actually would I would actually question whether there were any alternatives on the online work platform. There were definitely alternatives in terms of kind of collaborating online, but all of these were very focused on one specific use case. And by being so focused on then that one specific use case, they were also very kind of uh, tied into a certain way of working. And we don't believe that uh, everyone wants to work exactly how uh, this company or that company uh, has designed it. We actually think that we, you know, people want more flexibility in the way they want to work. Work processes are so independent. It depends on the resources, the size of the company, like working externally, externally, uh, cross borders, what have you. So what we want to create was a platform, really a true platform where you go and create the workflow or the work process or the structure as you want it to be. Not by some that some engineers in, in, in London or Redmond or San Francisco thought that you should work. And that we, we're, we're the first one doing that. So basically the way we, we, we kind of the way that that vision materialized it is that on Podio you go and you have a platform that has everything you, you expect from a, a platform, you know, uh, an online work platform today, which is, you know, a social, uh, 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 social aspects of a stream, it has a, a complete task management system, it has their meeting calendar, it has their document handling, all of that. Then on top of that, you can build your own small apps that are really how you're want to, uh, that really kind of uh, embodies how you want to how you want to work. And these apps are created by the end users, not the IT department out in the companies, but the people who really do the job because those are the ones that that know how they want that that job to be done and how they want that process to be structured. So they go and through a visual program interface, they can program their own thing, and it's really as easy as building an Excel sheet. They could also go to the App Store and install something that other users have uploaded into the App Store or as, as we have put into the App Store. There are like 500 different apps right now that people you know, have put in, into the App Store and they cover everything from a complex CRM process to a simple internet to a recruiting process to a science or handling a film production or app, whatever. You have all kinds of uh, things in there. Can you give me give us some examples um, of those apps and how people were able to to build them without a lot of technical knowledge? Because you, you mentioned that the end user is supposed to be building them and not the IT department. Yeah, it's really like we have a number of, of, of building blocks that consist of you know so you drag and drop. Uh, so let's say that you have a uh, you have a certain way that you want to uh, to structure your sales process. You have some incoming leads, and then you have existing customers, and then you have customers that you want to upsell to, and you have customers you're afraid of losing. And then you might create an app for each of these steps in, in the process, and then you go into into this visual program interface, and then you simply drag and drop various fields in, and then you kind of name or, or program each of these fields so we can drag and drop a state field in to say this customer let's just say that uh, you're interested in uh, where these customers are from and you just look at whether they're from europe north america south america or asia then you go and put in then you drag and drop an element in we call a state field and then you simply put in these various states that are then not states but geography so you put in these these four geographies 
and then that's one programming thing you, you put in there. And then when people enter these customers into that app, they have to then pick uh, to say, well, what industry are they in? Or you could also imagine that uh, you already have these, this information in an Excel sheet, and then you just upload that Excel sheet and convert that into uh, filling it in, 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 in this, uh, this app. And then once you have that information captured in there, it's super easy then to update and say, you know, this customer and then now now is, is, is growing or is now part of this campaign. Or you just go in on a common field in this one and write, uh, you know, just spoke to uh, to the chief uh, uh, chief purchase officer there and uh, they are considering upgrading, but we are afraid of losing them to this and this competitor. And then everyone else that are part of this customer uh, group in, in, inside uh, inside Podio can then see this update and comment on that as well and say, oh, I have this other cu cu customer that is also, we're also afraid of losing to that given competitor. Let's do an effort. And then you, so so it kind of creates this this transparent uh, environment. Are all those apps free for the customers, or do they have to pay? No, all of them are free. The business model is that you, we're kind of we're running a freemium model, so you pretty much have access to most of Podio uh, and uh, for for free until you have more than ten users in the organization. When you pass that limit of 10 users, then we uh, we charge you four US dollar per user per month, and it starts up a bundle of, of 99 US dollar a month, and then and that includes the first 25 users, and then each time you add another user, just we charge you four US dollar per month. Regarding business models, um, do you think that you'll be able to carry on with the freemium model on the long run? Because, as far as I know, there's some discussion on an industry if that is the correct model to have on the long run for business-to-business -business apps. Uh, for instance, Huddle, one of, I would say, one of your competitors, had a freemium model, but as far as I can tell from their website recently, they've changed it. Yeah, so they only have a free trial. That's correct. I believe it depends on, 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 on you know, how you see your market and how you, you, you see your uh, adoption model. I think Huddle is, is basic, is, is going much more for enterprise customers and much more for thereby for enterprise sales. And there, you know, I, I might agree that it, it does not always make sense to do a freemium model. We're much more going for starting out with the individual. You as an individual have a value of Podio and then it can grow from that to become a team thing or department thing and then at a later stage become an entire enterprise thing. But given that we want to seed the whole thing, our sales model, marketing model is based around starting with the individual, spread to the department or the project or the team, whatever, and then go later on up to the enterprise. It makes perfect sense for us to do a freemium model because otherwise we could not start without seeding on the individual. Then we had to go, to go straight for the department or even straight for the enterprise. And there, you know, you're more talking about the free trial thing. It's funny listening to your explanation because I remember once talking with Alistair Mitchell from, from Huddle yeah. and he explained a similar uh, approach that they had at the time to their business model. So the fact that they would start with an individual on an organization and then that individual and the use that he was, was giving to, Podio, to, sorry, to Huddle would be viral and will help the, 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 the tool expand beyond uh, that initial um, foot on the door, so to speak. So I see some some parallelisms there. Do you think that will be going on also for the big enterprise space as a little bit? You know, it's 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 always hard to predict the the future. I think it's not it's not where we are focusing right now. We will, uh, you know, we we might get there at a at a later stage, but it's not where it's it's not where our focus lies right now. And and just bear in mind that you know, big enterprise we talk about, you know. 
in our view, we're talking more than a thousand or a couple of thousand employees, right? We're not talking, you know, two two hundred people in many. If we talk to startups, uh, which is your focus, then two hundred people is, is a big company, right? With the startup, yeah. the startup <laughs> right? But in in, in in the big world, there's still only a uh, an SME. It's, it's technically an SME. It's, it's, it's the M that rather than the S, right? But still belongs to the SMB category, and that's still at the target for us, and it's really what we're good at. So, and that's ton of you know there's a ton of potential customers there and really good uh, you know we can get really good traction there before thinking about going going high up in the market so it's not it's not something we are it's, it's, it's not a topic for us right now speaking about the, the the platform and you were you were explaining exactly how you allow customers to build their own apps uh, it raises on me the question of knowing how that how can customers in the long run for instance decide to leave Podio and take their data with them is that possible in any way? Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, they can get everything out, or you know, through through kind of an XML feed, and and the data structure they create inside Pod, you could then live on in. You know, you could basically go in and do it now. You can export uh, everything uh, you have inside uh, in inside a space or inside an application. You can export it as as, as, an, as an Excel sheet. So you can already now take your data with you in the most simple way, just export it as an Excel sheet. And if your data has, has less than than uh, than uh, sixty four thousand, uh, you know, uh, single items, then you could definitely live in, in inside an Excel sheet. And then you can import that into another system if you want to. So, so that's not a problem. That's not a problem. No. Even though we operate with our own data structure, you're building your own your own. Uh, apps it's it still it's still you know comply to some overall general uh, data structure so it could live in inside uh, outside podio as well still regarding the platform um, although you allow a lot of customization within podio will you have any plans of opening it up as an api for external developers to develop uh, let's say mobile apps or different tools from outside uh, the podio headquarters very good question. I wish you have been in San Francisco this Saturday, where we launched our. <laughs> so we launched our API this, uh, you know, three uh, three days ago in, in in San Francisco. We had a hack day there. Uh, I think we had some thirty, forty developers hacking away all day, uh, winning some nice uh, text text work from uh, obviously from from Avil, and uh, and they coded some pretty interesting uh, interesting things. So the API is open now. People can go to company.podio.com/slash/developer. And then they can see some some existing use cases, everything from a Scrum board to a uh, easy uh, Air um, Adobe Air uh, application to easy and and enter things into Podio. So so the API is open, and people can create both things that live inside, uh, hook into Podio, and take data out and do something, but also kind of go into Podio and play uh, play a part there. Moving on to the funding uh, area of the interview. Um... You guys are not self-funded, obviously, so uh, you got external funding. Um, how did the process go, and are you looking into raising uh, subsequent, subsequent rounds of funding or not? Um, we're not. No, we're not. We're not actively, uh, you know, raising money at the moment. Uh, the process uh, was was pretty. Uh, it was uh, so it was a pretty uh, quick uh, process. I think people, you know, the VCs we talked to definitely. Uh, Recognize that we are, we are onto something, so it, it 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 wasn't it wasn't a tough uh, a tough sell in that sense. And we we're discussing with many uh, you know many uh, 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 parties. We ended up with uh, 
with a Sunstone, a Scandinavian investor, that I think is perfect for the state we're in right now. They're adding a lot of uh, value uh, to you know the way we should think about things, given that we have pretty still still you know reasonable early stage, but and they let us operate in in the way they also understand that things are not carved in stone. So the you know they're not completely focused on operating by you know exact the budget we had when we you know when we start discussion last fall and stuff like that so it's really it, it, it's really a, a, we're in a we feel we're in good hands with the with the vc with sunstone and uh, and and you know also feel you know of, of course honored that they trust enough in, in us to, to 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 invest in the company but also feel that we are uh, you know we're definitely uh, definitely uh, beyond worth it right so so it was it was and the process was I when you know I invested uh, half a million U.S. dollar into 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 po- uh, into Podia last uh, last summer, and then we start uh, when we came and then th- back then we were still in stealth mode. When we came out of stealth mode in September, then that 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 uh, you know uh, gave reason to a lot of interest from uh, from various investors, and that's where when we decided to actually pick up the discussion. Then during that that uh, those discussions with VCs, both on this side of the uh, Atlantic uh, and also the other side, we we then decided that, that we should go for this uh, this size of round, and it ended up being a, a four million US dollar round. Sorry, it ended up being a four million US dollar round. So we raised four million US dollar. Yes, uh, I, I didn't hear I didn't hear the the the, the first uh, okay the first time around. Uh, did you when you were, when you were looking to raise money? Did you look into VCs only in Denmark or in Europe, or did you go straight to the US to try and get better terms out there? It wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really a term uh, sheet shopping exercise. It was really to find the the right fit, and and actually, given the state we're in, then it felt like the right fit was going with a Scandinavian investor. Uh, at, at at this moment, um, we, we we are in, in you know. We had discussions uh, with with U.S. Uh, with uh, U.S. based VCs, and uh, I think definitely for 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 the next round that would be highly relevant to to look at that. What would be the best tip that you could give to someone that is starting to to try to raise a, a Series A round? The the best advice would be to really be sure that you're ready for the Series A round, meaning that you 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 your business is of a certain maturity in terms of the team you have built around it. You have covered your kind of you know your various positions, the commercial position, the design positions, and and the product development. You have a, a solid uh, you know um, a solid team style. It doesn't have to be a super senior uh, uh, team in each of these three areas, but at least a solid. Uh, start in each of these three, and then you understand your numbers. So the whatever early market traction, it could be in a beta stage, it could be in a completely free stage. You have a really solid understanding of the numbers. Why? What are those numbers uh, telling you? And how do you think you can extrapolate those those numbers going 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 forward? If you have those two things covered, then you know, and and then a really good story about you know what is it really you're trying to do, then then I think you know those are the important things for for an A round um, A round discussions. Moving on to the story behind your pop up store launch in San Francisco, I would love to hear something about that. So the background, how did you guys come up with the idea? Uh, how did you manage to pull it off? 
Yeah, so so the the idea comes from actually it was one thing that impressed me when I started there. So I I'm not a founder of Podio. I'm employee number five, you could say. I'm the CEO, I'm the investor, but not not one of the founders. So when I met the company first, it was back in in, in early uh, no, it was back May actually a year ago now. So May two thousand and ten, we start having discussions. And then uh, there were four guys uh, sitting in a basement, uh, and literally a basement. And that basement did not have any, <laughs> didn't have any meeting rooms, so almost like the garage thing, right? That we love to tell stories about. So it's not a garage; it's, it's a, a basement. basement. So yeah. that's it's European version of the garage. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Also, you know, basements, and you, you probably know that from yeah. from you know also from London, you have these high basements. So it's kind of half exactly. street and half below the uh, the ground uh, below ground level. I would call it here a lower ground. Lower ground, yes, yeah. probably. So, so that's the right expression. Lower ground, but still rough, right? You know, you don't put a high high class door on lower ground. <laughs> Never mind. Um, so, so and so this 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 was just one big room, no meeting rooms, but still, you know, eat once a week. They had customers coming down for a workshop, or either potential customers or existing customers coming down for a workshop where they spend a couple of hours talking about the pain points of work. Got them to build their own apps. Got them to see how they would use Podio and what did not work for them in Podio. And they kept. They had been doing that for a while. So back then it was in stealth mode. It was still a beta. It was still, you know, the product was rough around the edges. But they start doing that to get the right input. And everyone saw it because it was. It might be only one of the the four guys conducting the workshop and having the discussion. But the three others couldn't, you know, couldn't help or you know be part of that because they were sitting in the same room. And that was extremely helpful for the developers. And that was the vision. That, that was this part about being in eyesight with the users. And also understanding that when you do business uh, software, also use uh, consumer software, but especially business software, the software itself is only part of the equation, right? People and processes, the other, you know, uh, two third of the uh, of, of of the equation of, of of really achieving something. And if you only focus on software, you might not get it right. But if you keep on having that people involvement, then 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 the chance that you get it right are much bigger. So when we then grow grew the team, moved to a different, uh, bigger office. So we're now 15 people, a bit more organized, not in the basement anymore. We're still doing that every week in our Copenhagen office. We've also been touring around the world to do these workshops to get that. And, and the developers, they happen in the office. Now we have meeting rooms, but the developers are still involved in these workshops. So they listen to real uh, real use case, real users, their desires, their needs, and, and their experiences on Podium. So when we then had to go to decide on a launch, then it came very natural for us that we want to kind of continue that idea around being in eyesight with the with the users, really having a communication with them. And then at the same time, having this app store inside Podio, we're just like, why don't we do a, a, a shop that is really on, 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 on you know, had a, a real storefront, people coming from the street, get to build an app on Podio, understand what it is, and walk away from there with a new experience on how work could be like. That was kind of where the where the idea starts. And then we really start from that. Wasn't you know everyone agreed and was ex very excited about that idea. And then it was about you know how do we then uh, how do we then ensure the right you know traction, the right kind of mix of what events to hold uh, to to host in the store. And uh, so when we found that 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 office, the ideal office that really looked and feel, and we really made it into the look and feel almost of a, of, a, of an Apple store. In, on Sixth Street in, in 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 San Francisco, then then was just one thing after the other. Like, okay, 
then I think Monday we should do this type of event. You know, this for lunch, we do this working lunch. We can get in people from this and this mailing list. And in the evenings, we do this kind of event. And suddenly we had seven, six days, full days of events that really turned out highly successful in each event. We invite people for the next event, so just build up. And, and then we ended up having a launch party on Thursday night with 350 people inside the store. Uh, when I went on stage to, on the launch presentation, and 50 people were waiting in the line outside. And thereafter, a party going on until, you know, European-style party, not the U.S. <laughs> this was European-style party. until 2 o'clock in the morning, right? And even, even some of us, in, even until 4 o'clock in the morning, right? So it was just a great success. And the, re, the, the way we pulled it off was just to remember. Or just, you know, it, the, the way we pulled it off was really classic startup style. Just do it. It's not that hard. You know, it's just one thing after the other. Break it down. You know, you can't eat an elephant if you slice it down, right? This was an elephant <laughs> for us, but when you, you know, and what, that many people think, you know, you cannot eat it. But of course you can eat it. You just have to put it in very small bits. So that's what we did. And then we just did it, and, and also then we uh, proved that a startup is often when five people can do what 50 people cannot do. So I've tried that, you know, five people in SIP, my, my previous company, could often do a lot more than we could do when we were 50 people around the same thing inside Vodafone. So big companies think very different. They have to throw a lot of resource after a thing, and it just makes it more complicated and, 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 and afraid of losing value instead of creating the new value. So now I'm getting off on a limb here, but... Um, no, no, it's fine. Pure gold, pure gold. <laughs> so, so that 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 that's the story behind the uh, you know the the the, the store in, in San Francisco. Yeah, the untold story, the untold story of the store. Yeah, exactly. The 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 the, the true story behind the the store. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> and we actually ended up then during that week we we just started. We, we fell in love with the space and could see it was highly successful. We had some concerns around it's a bit of a rough area. I don't know whether you know 6th Street, but if you go a bit further up 6th Street, you come towards market. It becomes very, very rough with a lot of you know, uh, um, you know, homeless people on the street. Then yeah. a lot of places, but you know, it's just rough. And we were like, could this really, you know, uh, work? But it worked out beautiful. And uh, and we then decided during that we to extend the lease, so we actually still have the store and we still host events. And our team, team is actually working, so we also turned it into an office. We could not, we decided not to continue that lease. The big, bit big, big the space, and we also need to watch costs. So we we're going to a different space now, more uh, a different office uh, that we also hope will be kind of a storefront to continue that uh, that that idea. But uh, but we but but we just you know the store has. Was the power of store in terms of not only being there five uh, five days? Actually, we, had, we had, it has been there for two months now. You've been listening to customers yeah. since day one, or even before day one. My question is this: to know uh, what uh, what impact have they had in your product? Have they uh, added features that you hadn't thought of, thought of, or have they actually shopped features of the of Podio? Yeah, sure. No, definitely. They have added, you know, quite a few features that uh, that we haven't, uh, you know, that we haven't thought about. Um, you know, the way, you know, the way the task system is, is, is looking now, adding labels in there, that's definitely based on a request, the ability to move things from one space to another space, the ability to have emails coming in. So just forward your email, turn them into tasks or forward them and turn them into items inside the space. All, a lot of these things are things that would only happen when we work closer with the, uh, with the users. Um, and we're also skipping some things because we can, think, we can see that the things they are not using at all. 
uh, it, it's most. I cannot think of a major thing that we have skipped that they uh, that they would uh, that they have been using. But uh, but a lot of minor things that we are trying to simplify the product. We just look at the numbers, and if we can see something is not used at all, we try to remove it enough, and you can remove it without anyone uh, barely anyone uh, noticing, right? I have to be honest. I, I remember trying to use Podio once uh, last year when I was trying to finish my PhD, and uh, it seems a little bit overbearing for me. And I've been uh, trying to get back to it recently, and the most recent version that I've seen, let's say two weeks ago, seemed a lot more user friendly than the the, the first public uh, versions that you guys made available last year. Yeah, it, and 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 yes, it is. It you know. I'm glad you're saying that. Uh, that's also what we are investing a lot of energy in, right? Both the usability, you know, that the same the same core functionality, but just more uh, more usable. But also, you know, adding a lot of functionality around it, so it does so it becomes more usable. That's that's basically the we're not changing the vision, right? And the basic product is still there, but it's just to make it much more accessible because we know we on you know we can feel that with the love we're getting from the users, the input we're getting, the, the traction we're having, we're onto something. Now let's make that even more accessible. So more users that come in have a excellent first-time user experience, understand the concept, get in, uh, some apps installed, and get working right away. And then over time, they build up and become more and more savvy users, right? And I think back when you saw the first version, it, it required a bit more investment up front to exactly understand that right now it's much easier to get going. Regarding the, the, the comment that you've made earlier about keeping keeping your developers close to your customers, how important is the world tour, tour that you guys are going over right now? Yes, yeah, so 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 that's you can say the world tour is a thought as as a and as an extension almost of of the things we did with the uh, both the things we have done historically with the workshops in Copenhagen, but also an extension of the things around the uh, the, uh, the 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 store in San Francisco. And we just wanted to take that to 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 other cities. That's why we're touring around. Uh, most of these things, are the events on, on the world tour, we're doing together with partners. So maybe co-hosting the partner will be, uh, you know, also you know, kind of um, uh, speaking at the event, talk about their view of the work, the the future of work, and 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 what have you. So it's really an extension of the San Francisco store concept. We're not opening store other places, but it's almost the same. We're trying to host some social events, some some discussions, and then of of course also show off what we can do at at, at Podium. I would say that our often hour is almost at an end, but I still have a major major question for you. Um, you guys founded and created Podium in Denmark, so in Europe, and the purpose of this podcast is to showcase European technology projects. But as far as I can tell, and as far as I uh, I know, you have plans on moving to to US and specifically to San Francisco. What do you think that you'll be able to find in the US that you cannot find here in Europe? Um, customers. <laughs> <laughs> I can find them, you know, so so the, the truth is the market, right? The market is when you talk about business, you know, or Enterprise 2.0, whatever you want to call the things we're talking about here, then US is just interesting because it's it seems in many ways to be a couple of years ahead of Europe. Um, people in the workplace, uh, business owners, or the head of marketing in, in 200 people companies, what have you, they just feel more, and we are proving that right now day by day, they're just more um, ready to adopt uh, 
more novel approach in working, more transparent, more social, skip the email, uh, forget the Excel sheet, do a, an app inside Podio. We, we just, it, it, it's just like based on the hypothesis of, of that, uh, before we went to US, of that being easier and also input we got from other people were like, you know, a, a thing like this is getting built in US or getting traction in US. And then it can come to Europe and we are receive, we are getting reasonable traction in Europe because we're based here and we have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of uh, people using it here, a lot of customers, really good customers in Europe. It just feels like you know it 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 it, it will it, it can it can take off faster in, in in US as it can in Europe, so that's why we're going there and setting up a team there because you want to be close to your market. Doesn't we so, are ignoring Europe? Europe is a very important one for us, but it's just where would we get the most traction right now, and that's in 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 in, in US. Was that the plan all along? Did you guys had the plan from from the start, or is just something that dawned upon you? upon you more or less we knew that you us was, was would would be a big market for us and we would bet on us it, it, it kind of it, it, it came during the discussions and also feeling a bit on the market getting input from customers feeling how how easy was it to adopt in some of our us customers compared to some of our european um so so it kind of it happened over time um, uh, over the last, uh, basically over the last year, it become more and more apparent apparent to us that you know US would be a big bet for us, and, and actually as as big as we want to be established with a real office. So, are you moving the whole team to the US, or just part of it? Just part of it, the commercial part of the team. And just remember that we, you know, the commercial part of the team is not something we're moving. It's actually something we're hiring right now. So we're only moving a couple of guys over there. The rest we're hiring. So we're building the commercial team in US rather than moving it over there. Are you moving? If I'm moving, yeah, um, I'll discuss that more with my wife first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not moving right now. You know, we still have a very important part of 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 the team uh, here in, in Copenhagen. The whole product development, the design team. We still have commercial activities happening here. So I'm not moving to the US, but I'm spending significant time part of my time in US now. So I'm more relaxed. I, I know now that I don't have to to delete your your interview in a few months' no, time. Casper, you know, uh, <laughs> one of the co-founders, he's based in the US right now. Okay, Tommy. Um, thank you very, very much for the time and the the valuable insights and and uh, the stories that you've brought to us today. You're welcome. And uh, let me know if you have any follow-up questions. Uh, thank you.